Amen and amen, brother. Thank you all so much. I tell you what, could you just give, I know I do this a lot, could you just give God a praise for them? Uh, just, yeah. I'm, Mallory, I watch you over there, and you play the piano. You can sing, you can play. If, if for, for those that were here at chapel this week, you ought to see her play the harp. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been around some harpists, and she is absolutely the best. You got the Cameron, well, they're not brothers, but they're, they're studs, studs, and Anna, and, and, and Robbie, and Zach. I mean, you guys are wonderful. I, I want to say God is good, um, because, you know, I, I would love to have the talent they have to sing, and, and to play the instruments like they can play it. I mean, I just, I just want to be good at something, so when we're singing God is good, I'm going, God is by faith. I, I feel like y'all are in the same boat. Some of you that have exams, I know you're just really struggling to say God is good right now. Just tell the truth, shame the devil. You've been praying for the rapture for a long time. Probably not going to happen. You're probably going to have to take them, but nonetheless, it's, man, it's still a wonderful life, isn't it? Okay, three of you are happy with yourself. We'll have therapy afterwards. Um, come see us. <laughs> we talk about our problems. Listen, I'm telling you, God is so good. He is so good to us. That's why we're in this series. It's a wonderful life. It really is. Regardless of what's going on, it is a wonderful life. And so you see that. Y'all got your, your wonderful little newsletter there. I'm so thankful for um, Rebecca Pollitt. Um, and the reason why I'm thankful for Jeremy is really because I'm thankful for his wife, Rebecca. And so y'all take it and run with it. And, and so you see all the stuff we got going on tonight. We got this progressive dinner. Woo! I mean, if, listen, if you don't know about gluttony, that's just, that's just Christianized gluttony. When, when you say progressive dinner, you can just get a bloat on, and you don't even have to feel guilty in the name of Jesus. So I expect you to be there and bring me a lot of food. So have your Bibles, uh, your phone, your iPad, or you've got it memorized. Uh, you, you just go ahead, or you're an Android user, go ahead. You can be in sin. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Uh, you can go to Luke chapter 1. We're continuing this passage in Luke, Luke chapter 1 and 2, these next couple weeks. We've been in that because Luke starts with, there in Luke 1, he starts with the temple. And in chapters 1 and 2, he ends with the temple. And so this whole month of December, it's a wonderful light because we see this temple was a structure. And then we have the coming of the Messiah. And then obviously because of the Messiah and what he has done, we now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God just moves in a mighty way. So I'm so thankful for that. So we want to come and reason together. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says this, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. And so we want to reason together and look in this and see what the passage says. So the notes are online, Summit Church Facebook, or at summitcharleston.com, the church's website. Check out all the notes. It's right there on the front. Uh, You can click on that and get these notes. Here we go. Verse 26, chapter 1. You ready? Say amen. All right, here we go. That's half of you. Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, remember that's John the Baptist's mother, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is what, saints? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. For no word from God will ever fail. Lord, that is our prayer. May your word not fail today. Break up the fallow ground of our hearts. Move mightily. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will bow and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And they've been revealed in Jesus. So we worship and praise you today, Lord. Move us. It is a wonderful life. And we reason together, Lord, of the great things that you've done. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. So let's reason this point out. So if you have your notes there, you can look at it. I want to give you a couple reasons in this passage why it's a wonderful life and why this whole Christmas season into the new year is a wonderful life. Let's look at why it is. Reason number one, it's a wonderful life because we have received God's favor. We have received God's favor. Look at verse 28. The angel went to her. Can I just pause for a moment and say, I love the sovereignty of God, that God comes to us, we don't have to go to him. No, that was, that was, thank you, one amen. That was good. Listen, uh, by the way, if, if y'all are just, you know, here and your guests, because your family, like if you come to Summit, I just want to tell you your family, uh, we talk back. I know some of you grew up in a church, if you talk back, you got back slapped. I am not going to do that. And you, know, you don't have your mom around you, you're okay. All right? So now if you go to sleep, now I might throw something at you, but that's all right. But we're going to get after it. So you feel free to bring the noise. All right? So the angel went to her, and so that's what inspires me, that God comes to me regardless. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, or rejoice, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with her. So the angel went to her, God came to us, that's a sign of favor. But then also this word, highly favored, I want you to circle it if you're taking notes. I want you to see something. I want to speak something. Well, the Holy Spirit will speak something in your life today. I want, to, I want you to be encouraged in the power of the Lord. This word, highly favored, looked at there in that passage, it says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The word highly favored in the original language in Greek means to pursue with grace. To pursue with grace. You know what God is doing in your life right now? He's pursuing you. Just if you're a, if you're a man in this, in, in this congregation and you, you pursued a lady or you want to pursue a lady, how you're going after them, you're thinking about them, you're thinking of ways to connect, you're thinking of ways to make them happy, you're thinking of ways to please them. God is pursuing us in the same way. Now, some of us don't like that. 
Some of us don't want the things of God, but God is pursuing us nonetheless. He is coming after us in great power, in great love. He is coming to us. Highly favored is the idea of to pursue with grace. I love what Warren Wiersbe said. Although she was a godly woman, it was God's grace, not Mary's character, that made her God's choice. Mm, that was really good. Let me say it again, because some of you are going, well, you know, John, I'm just not, I'm just, you know, I'm not like Mother Teresa, or I'm not like Billy Graham, or I, I'm not like T.D. Jakes, or I'm just not, I'm not like this person, or, or this person, this whatever super godly Christian that you can think of. Let me tell you what this really means. Although she was a godly woman, it was God's grace, not Mary's character, that made her God's choice. It was God's grace that made us God's choice. It was nothing that we've done to deserve the righteousness of Jesus. It was nothing that we do to keep the righteousness of Jesus. It's nothing that we do that we stand in his presence one day as he welcomes us into his glory that makes us righteous. It was his grace that pursued us. And so now you can walk in victory regardless of what happens, that God is pursuing you regardless of finances, regardless if you can pay your school bill, regardless of your status if you're single or married, regardless of your financial status, regardless of your academics, regardless of your career or your job, regardless of what you look back on your life. It's a wonderful life because God has pursued us. He's pursuing us. And once we give our life and surrender to him, He's still pursuing us. It was God's grace, not our character. In other words, let me give you the literal reading. I li kind of like what Warren said. The literally, literal reading of this is grace. You who are highly grace. It's not greetings, you who are highly favored. The, the literal reading there of the original Greek language is this. It's grace, you are highly grace. And that's what God is saying to us. Grace you who are highly graced. Now, I know some of you might be saying, I don't like what God's given me as far as this flesh, as far as the ability of my minds or the, the ability of my finances or the athletic ability. I, I, we always want more, the looks. or you, you can just just insert whatever you want. You can say, I don't like the grace that God's given me. Let's just remember something, that God's grace is not something that makes us look better. God's grace is something that makes him look what? Better. And see, that's the idea behind it. So let me talk about some objections. You're saying, well, John, um, th this, is, this is Mother Mary. Like, this is the mother of all mothers. She is special. And you're trying to tell me that I am in the same pay on the page as her? You're trying to say that, no, listen, this is Mother Mary. This is in the Catholic faith. These are people that pray to Mother Mary. I mean, you got the Our Father which art in heaven, and then you got the Hail Mary full of grace. Come on now, John. It's not the same. It's just not the same. And I don't know why I'm talking like this, but it just sounds good. It's not the same. It's not the same. That's what you're thinking. So the objection number one is this. I know. You might be just thinking, that's just for Mary, John. That's not for me. Well, let's go back and look at the word highly favored. I'm glad you want to, you want to like ask me that question today, because I feel like I got an answer coming on. I got a song coming on. All right, so. Don't worry, Robbie, I'm not going to sing, even though I've asked him to let me sing and, and I can't sing. All right, so, but I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter because I'm grace. So what is this idea about grace? This word, highly favored. Say highly favored. It appears in the Greek twice in the New Testament. 
Two and two. Love, peace, and chicken grease. No, I'm kidding. Twice. It appears here in Luke chapter 1. This says highly favored. But let's go to the next place that appears. Then I'm going to show you that the same grace that God was giving Mary is the same grace he is giving us. Now listen, I've got to give an account to God for what I say. James chapter 3, James chapter 3 verse 1 says that I'm under stricter judgment based on what I say. So I, I, I have to give an account. So I'm not going to just sit up here and try to over-spiritualize a passage. First, that's not good Jesus. That's not good hermeneutics. But the bottom line in all that is, is I want to be accurate to the Word of God. God is speaking the same thing to us as he is to Mary. Now, the assignment might not be the same, but the principle is the same. Watch what I'm telling you. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 1. Do you smell what John's cooking? All right, so that was from the Lord. Ephesians 1, 4 through 7. Verse 4. So you can write it down. You can see it up here. I want you to, I want you to just really soak in the Word of God here. For he chose us for he chose us. Remember, we are pursued with what, saints? Okay, I got two people listening. I feel very good. We are pursued with what? Grace. Highly favored means to pursue with grace. For he chose us in him. Don't miss those two words, in him. Before the creation of the world to be holy, which is the song, the last song we just sang, the reason why we're holy is Jesus. And blameless in his sight. The reason why we're holy and blameless, the righteousness of Jesus. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. Reason why we got adopted is because Jesus found us. In accordance with his pleasure and will. Like it pleased God to bring you and I into the family of God. You know how valuable you are? It pleased God. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has, what's the next two words, saints? I didn't hear you, next two words. That's the same word. It's highly favored. Only twice. Freely given. Highly favored. The exact same word in Luke chapter 1, Verse 28 is the same word in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, and is only mentioned twice in the New Testament. Therefore, his word is not just for Mary, it is for us. You're still not buying what I'm selling. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Your version might say, made us accepted. Your, another version says, poured out on. Do you realize the very grace of God that God wants to strengthen us today? The challenge today, at the very end of this whole time as we spend wrapping our minds around the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit is this. Is this there's going to be a call, do you need strength today from the Lord? And some of you say, John, that's, everybody needs strength. No, I want you to start praying specific. See, when you go to buy me a gift, don't go wholesale. Go retail. Ladies, can I get a witness? Right? If you're going for shoes, I'm just saying, if you're going for shoes, you're not probably going to go to a store 
that it sells everything, right, ladies? I'm guessing if you were styling and profiling with them heels that y'all got rocking that are about 18 inches high, you are probably looking for something very specific. And if you're looking for something very specific, you go to a store that specializes in that specific. What is it that God is asking you today to talk to him about strength? He wants to lavish it on you and pour his grace on you that's pursuing you today through the very words in my mouth that he is speaking to me right now to drop not in here, but in here. This is hell, this is heaven. 18 inches separated. Here is even the demons believe in shudder, demonology, but here is the transformation of the heart where you live out the faith that God has given you because it sinks deep. So it goes into your ear and it either goes one or two ways, up or down. I'm praying it goes right to your heart to motivate you. To the praise of his glorious grace, grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. There are riches of God's grace that God is asking us to be strengthened. Why? Because it is a time when the heightened awareness of the world at least says they believe in Santa or at least they believe in this idea of I'm going to give a gift or they believe in something whatever and we know that it's Jesus is at the center of everything and we have a chance to show the power of Jesus to the very ones that dislike us and can't stand us and the ones that very suck us dry God wants to speak something to us. So objection number one is this. You might think this is just for Mary, and it's not. And I've proven to you, therefore, in the very word of God, it's only in two places. Number one is for Mary, and number two is for us. Our assignments are different, but the grace of God is the same. Any Greek theologian will tell you. Objection number two, you might say this, John, how could God use me due to my situation or my past? Objection number two. So then I, I feel like there's another objection where people in their mind are pushing back the very Spirit of God speaking to your heart. So how could God use me because of my situation or my past? Well, I'm glad you asked. The question is, really is, what do I have to give, John? I mean, what can I really give because I feel like I'm disqualified or maybe I don't know enough. Or like, I love when people say, I just don't know enough Bible. I just don't know enough Bible. I just want to say something. It's not how much Bible you know, it's how much Jesus you know. Okay, I'll go over here. It is not how much Bible you know. It's how much Jesus you know. And Jesus wants to pour. Thank you. Thank you to the Lord glory on that. Because I can't think of that. I'm too dumb. I told you that. Too many hits to the head. So my point is this, is that God wants to speak to you today. You need strength for something, and you know you need it. The closer I get to Jesus, the more he asks me to do things. I'm telling you, my flesh is asking me not to, I mean, I'm just screaming against it. I'm screaming in my flesh not to do it. Screaming. My, my brother who's here, he doesn't mind me calling him out because he loves Jesus, and he has to forgive me. That's the rules in God's economy. So... My point is, he, he looked at me last night, he said, John, when are you going to do, when are you going to start, you know, finishing that, get after that PhD? I, my flesh, like I, I can make every, oh, every excuse. I'm just so busy. I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. I've got to do this. And just to just, to really accelerate that process is, I mean, when God asks you to do something, you're going to need strength. You can't will yourself to do it. And you can't make yourself do it, and you can't even see it. But God wants you to do it. 
Let me ask you a question. All right, so uh, can, I be, can I open up my life to y'all? Can we talk for a minute? Can we talk? Yes or no? Y'all going to be my counselors? Okay. Brittany and Julia, let's talk a minute. Daniel, let's talk a minute. Brendan, let's talk a minute. Tim, let's talk a minute. McNeil family, let's talk a minute. And on and on, my families. DJ, let's talk a minute. All right, so do you think that God wants me to finish this PhD? Before you answer, Casey, let me give you this situation. How many of y'all that are CSU remember this guy, Eli Bird? Y'all remember Eli? Good. So Eli is up at Southeastern because God had used and spoken to his heart that he needs to go. And I kept challenging him, you need to be a pastor. And I wish I'd have never said that. I wish I would have said, God's telling you to stay here, but nonetheless, that's okay. And, and so now he gets me to class for free. For free. Did I tell you that? What did I just tell you? You got me in for what? Free. That just happened about two weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, God, is that a sign from the Lord? Is that a sign? Is that a sign? Lord, if I, if I hit three red lights and they're all red at the same time, then you want me to stop and not do it. No, I mean, look. That's my fleece, Lord. That's my fleece. I'm just, you know, giddy and I'm just scared. So I don't want to go to school. I don't like. Tired of school. Tired of it. And I know y'all, y'all in high school, and you're going, yes, right, I'm so high, tired, I'm tired. I know more than my parents anyway, so I don't even need school. So I know what you're talking about. So <laughs> I got one amen. That's <laughs> why so I was like, amen, amen. <laughs> amen, I'm not going to say too loud because I don't want my parent to hit me back in the head. All right, so, so then I, I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then, and then my brother has to hear from the Lord. Like, don't you just, God just needs to stop talking to certain people. Like, God, can you just quit? Talk to me. Don't talk to anybody else. Can we keep it a secret? So nobody has to know. So he looks at me and he says this. Now, I'm not bringing him glory, so if you give him glory, do not rob Jesus because Jesus is the one who told him to do it, not me or not anybody else and not him. So then he looks at me and he says, you know what, John? After I got done, we, were, we had a worship as an extended family, and we were in there, and he looks at me after we had worship. They had all the family together in the room, and, and they asked me to, 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 to speak a little bit, teach from the Word of God, and so I teach. At the end of it, he looks at me and says, you have got to finish that PhD, and I will pay for it. Do you think God's talking to me? Then why do I fight it? See, I'm, look, I'm just trying to go real. I'm just trying to be real with you. Why do I fight it? I think God gives us a window, and that window is open for a certain time. And if I don't step up, somebody else will. Don't you miss that. The people had a chance to go into the promised land, and they didn't step up. So God said, I'll raise up your children. And I'll let a faithless generation die off so a faithful generation will walk in. I don't want to be that generation. It's a wonderful life. It's not about my situation or my past. What can I give? Look at Luke one twenty nine. This is so good. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. The one version says perplexed. In other words, she's thinking, I'm a teenage girl, and God, you're asking me to deliver the very Son of God. It's a pretty big assignment, is it not? 
See, a lot of people say, well, I'm just too young and I just don't know enough. Get over yourself. When you start saying, I don't know enough and I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm too this or I'm too that, the problem is I. And the rest is in Jesus. The peace is in Jesus. God is asking you to stand up under his strength today. Stand up under his strength. It is a wonderful life. She's greatly troubled, perplexed. It's a compound word in the original language. It means this, to have inward commotion, to agitate, and then the compound part of that is the word in or through. A preposition, the word in or through. So in other words, inside her, she was agitated in the sense there was commotion, there was disturbance, there was this uh, rub, right? There was this dissonance inside. You know, it was just rubbing and rubbing like, oh God, what do you mean you're calling me? You want me? How can I do this? How can I do this? How can I do this? She is perplexed. How can it be me? Who am I? I am from nowhere. I am from nothing. She's like, I have a little, think about it, Nazareth, the very max population in in Nazareth. And most scholars would hold to this, was 480 people in the time of Jesus. 480 people in that village, and God said, I want her in a village. And you might say, but John, John, what about that village? Listen, the Bible's clear about Nazareth. Nazareth is, is like... Pinto beans and cornbread type people. Y'all, y'all tracking what I'm saying? All right, let me get something a little more spiritual. It's like yeast rolls. It will change your life. Listen, think about what this, think about what's it. And Luke, uh, uh, excuse me, in the Gospel of John chapter 1, Nathaniel, Philip is trying to witness to Nathaniel, and he says, look, come and see the Messiah has come from Nazareth. This is in the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 46. This is what Nathaniel says. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? It's in the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 46, Nazareth was a town that nobody saw coming. It was on nobody's radar. God can't ask me to do that because I don't have the IQ, the EQ. I don't have the talent to do that. You see, but here's the problem. God's not basing on anything that we have. He's basing it all on Him, and He just wants a vessel. God will do the delivery. God will do everything. All we got to do is be willing to receive. What did Mary have, have to do? receive the Holy Spirit. What do we have to do? Be willing to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful life if you buy into it. If you, I shouldn't even say buy in, if you surrender to it. It's a wonderful life. Can anything good come from there? Yes. The answer is yes. Go back in verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. You have found grace with God. Grace is pursuing you. Will you receive it? Saints, I'm asking you today. Grace is pursuing you. Will you receive it? God wants to give you a blessing. Will you overanalyze it? Will you try to break it down? Will you try to look at it and think it's just too much? And you try to balance the weight of the call versus what you have and all this other stuff. And what the world says, just take one step at a time with sweet Jesus. Don't overthink it. Just start trusting. So he says, do not be afraid. 
when you ask for strength, don't be afraid of those exams. Don't be afraid of those finances. Don't be afraid of those grandchildren. Don't be afraid of your call. Don't be afraid of your job. Don't be afraid of what's next. Don't be afraid because God is with us. We found favor with him. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says this, when we were utterly helpless, I love this verse, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right what, saints? He will come at just the right time. So stop saying I'm in high school. That's, listen, that means nothing to King Jesus. Because what you're saying is if you're saying, well, I'm in high school, what can God do through me? I'm going to tell you what you're saying. Then you're saying, God, your God is limited to the place and location that you're in. That, no, that was good. I'll go over here because they just looked at me. That was really good. When you say, how can God use me, my finances, whatever it is, or, or my intellect, all this other stuff. Listen, you've just said that God is weak because you're too big. At just the right time, he will do it. At just the right time, he will give you strength. At just the right time, at just the right time, and died for us sinners. Look at Hebrews 9, 26. Then he would have had to suffer. Hebrews 9, 26. Then he would have had to suffer many times since the world was made. But Christ came only once and for all time at just the right time. He will show up at just the right time. It doesn't matter how many times you failed in the past. When Jesus shows up, all it takes is one time. All it takes is one time, and you found the right one. I'm not going to show this video. I was going to show it. The reason why it's a wonderful life is because that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And I know almost everybody in this place has seen it. Some people think it's quite boring. Here's what I love about it. Here's what makes me cry almost every time at the very end when they all come in and bring money to him. He was a miserable man because he stayed with the, the Bailey building and loan. He stayed with the family business after his father died. He sacrificed, he sacrificed so his brother could go to school and be this big football star and then get married and make money and be this hero in the war. He sacrificed and stayed with the people. He sacrificed and stayed so poor people could have a home, so poor people could have a, a, a defender, so poor people could stand up against that mind or uh, Mr. Potter and try to t- they was just trying to take everything away and so he was bitter in his life he was to the point I'm going to end my life then all of a sudden he realized this angel came to him and he realized what he, had, what, he, what he had done and he goes back to his house and it's the greatest moment for me because all these poor people all these people that he had ministered to for all these years that he thought his life was a complete waste all these people come back in and they dump their life savings to help save him from going under and the Lord showed me It's a wonderful life because George Bailey thought he had missed the wonderful life. He stayed to help others, and he was bitter about it. Then he found out what a difference he had made when people gave all they had when they heard that he was in trouble. That is what makes it a wonderful life. When you look back and you see what God did through you, what God did through us, don't waste If God gives us tomorrow and it's common grace, don't waste that exam. Don't waste the opportunity to bring glory to him. Don't waste the opportunity to minister to the family that you probably don't like or don't care about when you go see him in the holidays because you come from a jacked up back. Don't, listen, don't miss the opportunity to be Jesus. They don't read the Bible. They read us who read the Bible. Don't miss the opportunity to receive the favor of God. Thursday night, y'all know what I'm talking about. 
right at campus worship. Do you remember? We have a student that, that was meeting with Betsy and was upset and was, and was in tears because she had nothing for Christmas. Nothing. Nothing. I tell you nothing. And these broke college students, I asked them Thursday night, I said, listen, there's one of your, one of your, one of your uh, uh, sisters in Christ is, is gonna, not going to have, not going to have a, a, a Christmas at all. Nothing. Like, there's nothing. And this, I mean, we have students living out of cars here. Homeless. And you know what they did? I shouldn't be them. It's what God did. What God did is that all of a sudden I said, look, uh, for the invitation, I want you to come and just, if you got a dollar, if you got a penny, if you got ten cents, I said, just give her some money. And I thought, we'll probably get about $100. How much did we take up? $1,130-some dollars. $1,130-some dollars for that person because of Jesus. What can God do? He can do anything he wants in his strength if you're willing to obey. But you've got to be willing. Man, I watch students, they got nothing, put $100 down. I watch people take out their gift cards that somebody give them to Starbucks and put it down. We got people right now, we got people right now that we're trying to minister here. We just got a call. There's a lady right down the road, not, not too far, right, Kevin? Kevin down the road, right? The, the mother was taking care of the three boys. She just died, didn't she? So now the three boys, they got nothing. We got people that we want to help. We got nothing. And some of you say, well, all I have is a dollar. I want you to know that every person that we came and sacrificed those two widow's mites that were given, God took it like the five loaves and the two fish, and he just multiplied it. We got, we're trying right now for $50,000 trying to build a place in Ethiopia, right? We just spent $25,000 building a school. That, I mean, and, and now they love us. This place, $50,000 for these p- children who have Down syndrome, who are mentally challenged, all this, just trying to help the people that they kick out of the village with no clothes on. Kick them out. They're outcasts. We're just providing space. They can never pay us back. They can never say thank you, but we don't want the thank you from them. We want the thank you from God. Well done. Good and faithful servant. At just the right time, God shows up. And then I just want to end with this. That's Rob, you play over it. It's a wonderful life because God is with us. Reason number one, it's a wonderful life because we receive God's favor. Number two, it's a wonderful life because God is with us. Look at verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. What does he say? The Lord is what, saints? What does he say, saints? The Lord is what? That's where the word we get, Emmanuel, right? From the prophecy in Isaiah, Emmanuel, God is with us. That's why Robbie is going to, and and the worship team here in a minute, they're going to sing over us the word stronger, I mean the the song stronger. Because some of us today need to start walking in his strength. I'm going to tell you, I cannot do what God is, as much as I want to love Jesus, as much as I want to say that, you know, hey, let's go hard after the Lord, I can't do it unless the Spirit of God does something in me in Acts 1-8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my martyrs. God's going to do something in and through us. Why is it important that God is with us? I love what Joel Green, a wonderful scholar, said. It's important to note that nothing had prepared Mary for the visit from the archangel. Nothing had prepared her. 
There was nothing in her life that had prepared her. There's nothing in our lives that had prepared us for what God's asking us to do. Nothing. But all we have to do is just be willing to let God speak to us. She said, John, I need an angel to come talk to me. Okay, you need an angel to come talk to you? Here's what the word is for, in Greek for angel. It's the word angelos, right? Do you know what the word angelos means? It means angel and messenger. Now, I'm not saying I'm an angel, but I am saying I am a messenger. <laughs> you see where I'm going? And the messenger of God, who's been called by God to tell you, to tell you that you have God's favor and that God is with you, what are you waiting on? Ask him for his strength. John, I don't even know what I'm asking strength for. I guarantee you this, it's better to prepare than to get into it and turn around and look for it. We, see, we sing stronger over us. We're asking God to do something. We need this. How should we respond to the very presence of God? The word there is in verse 28 where he says, greetings, uh, the new King James, King James. Rejoice. That's what it means. Our response is just to rejoice. He told, he told Mary, what should you do that God has chosen you? Just rejoice. And then what does she do? She writes this wonderful Magnificat. She writes this wonderful song to the Lord, if you will. She rejoices in God, her Savior, that God would take the lowly of the world and do something great. God is calling us to do something. We're not some lowly church. You're not just some lowly person seeking the Lord. You have the presence of God in you. Through the Holy Spirit, the Lord is with you. God is asking you to stand under his strength. And we can only stand as tall. We can only stand as tall as long as we're willing to get low on our knees. God has given us favor. He said, to one who had no claim to worthy status, he raised her up from a position of lowliness and had chosen her to have a central role in the salvation history of Christianity. And God has chosen us to have a salvation role, to take Jesus to people. He's chosen us, but it's going to take the strength of God. It's not going to be easy. Christianity is not for the faint of heart. Christianity is one of the toughest things you will ever do, but it's the most rewarding thing that you'll ever become because God is calling you. God is calling us. He is calling us to the place. The Lord with you means, I love what he says, is, is a person chosen by God for a special purpose in salvation history. And God has chosen you for a special purpose. The reason why the schools are so bad is because the Christians need to stand up. And you will be labeled an outcast, a weirdo. People will ostracize you. They will not like you. But the difference is you're not looking for their love, their love when you already have the Father's love. My cup runneth over. See, when I'm all filled up with God's love, I don't need anybody else's love. And I'm in just a place to give, not in a place to receive. Maybe God's calling you to, to give some money to that family. Maybe God's calling you to give to those poor, mentally challenged kids in Ethiopia that nobody, nobody's going to, nobody, nobody. All the teams that have went, you know I'm telling the truth. Nobody's going if we don't go. It's unengaged, unreached, people group, deemed by the International Mission Board. Nobody's going. You say, but what about all the problems here? Hey, here's a great opportunity. We got one right here. 
For God so loved the world. It's not for God so loved home. Let's keep reading. Verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. That means us in the kingdom will never end. God is calling us to live a life and usher in the kingdom of God now so he's prepared when he returns. And some of you might be saying, John, how can I do what God's asked me to do? You're at verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel since I'm a virgin, looking at her circumstances, looking at her place. Some of you might be saying, how can I do this? How can I do this? I just want to give you something. Then he goes on to explain, the Holy Spirit will come on you. Now, look, the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Ephesians says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's come upon you. Do what he's asking you to do. And if I just want to just prophesy for a moment. Evan, you've got to preach. Don't. Don't get in a corner. And the Lord needs you. He wants to use you. It's not how can this be. Just say, God, let it be. Which is the word amen. It means this in Greek, verily, truly, let it be. Let's keep going. Verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. He's given her a sign. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then I close with this. Verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God, saints, will do what? There was, I got it on my phone here. In 1952, in Korea, was in the middle of civil war. There was a, a young girl, she was pregnant. It was Christmas Eve. And she's walking down the street in the middle of the civil war. She's walking down, she's starting to have birth pains. And so she starts to bend over and she's in, she's in pain and she sees a couple, an older couple walking by and she's bent over and she's almost in tears and she says, help me please, my baby, my baby. And this is what they said to her. A middle-aged couple walked by. The wife pushed away the young mother. Listen to what she said. Where's the father? Where's your American now? So she remembered that there was a missionary in the town. It started to snow. It was a cold night. So she starts to make her way to the outside of the town where the missionary lived. This, and this, this happened. She gets so in, such in bad pain, she goes up under a bridge. And there that night, she delivers her baby. She has nothing to put the baby in. She takes off her clothes. She wraps the baby in her clothes, takes off all her clothes, and, and wraps the baby in her clothes.
The next morning, the missionary is going to deliver presents. It's Christmas Day. So he takes the presents he's delivering into the town on Christmas Day. He takes in, he hears a baby crying underneath the bridge. He goes underneath the bridge, and there is a baby in the arms of the mother who is frozen to death. Frozen to death. Ten years later, he, the missionary tells the little boy that he adopted what happened. And that Christmas, that little boy leaves the house, walks to the place where his mother gave him birth, and underneath that bridge, he does something profound. The father cannot find his adopted son, so he begins to go look for him. He goes back towards the bridge to see if that's where he might have gone because he just told him the story. And there he finds his son, adopted son, with no clothes on, no clothes. All the clothes are off to the side. He's down in the snow, shivering and freezing, almost in hypothermia, frozen And he hears the 10-year-old boy say this, Mother, were you this cold for me? That's what Jesus did for us. He was that cold for us. He died for us so that we could live. Do you need his strength today? Come on. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Do you need his strength to be the parent God's called you to be? To stand up and be what God's called you to be, the leader on that team. You know what I'm talking about, Robbie. To stand up and do what God's called you all to do. Don't you back down because somebody thinks they're more cool than you are. You walk in the power of Jesus. They might have people, but you got the king. Do you need strength? Do you need him? I pray this place will be flooded. Robbie, I can't wait for y'all to sing over us. Father, in the name of Jesus, who needs the power of the gospel today? Who needs to stand and say, I need the strength. I need the strength. There's little prayer cards down here, Lord, they can pray over and put them in those baskets. There's people going to be out in the prayer room to meet with them afterwards that need prayer continued for strength. God, who needs strength today? Who needs to come and just get down and say, I need strength, Lord. I just need strength. I'm going to tell you straight up, Lord, I get on my knees right now. I need strength. I cannot pastor. I cannot pastor. I cannot pastor. I can't leave my family. I can't lead anybody without your strength. Lord, I can't do it unless you do it in and through us. Who needs Jesus to come and just give them strength? Lord, you are stronger. You are stronger. And Lord, if there's somebody in this room today who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they do not have the strength, they do not have the power to save themselves. There is nothing they can do. Their good works are dead works because they're not done in the name of Jesus. There is no power that they have that can save them. There's only one name, and his name is Jesus. Will they surrender? Lord, today we need your strength for the test. We need your strength for the exam. We need your strength for the marriage. We need your strength for the children. We need your strength to be a parent. We need your strength in our finances. We need our strength Lord, to love the people who don't love us. We need your strength to do what you have called us to do. You're pursuing us with grace. May we receive it, Lord. 
because there's no objection that is greater than your love. We bow and worship before you. Flood this place, Lord. Flood it. Flood it. We love you. We don't have to shiver in the cold when you've already done it for us. You're stronger. In Jesus' name.